Welcome back to another episode of Five Minutes in Church History. On this episode, we are traveling to Harvard, and we are traveling to July 15, 1838. Ralph Waldo Emerson will come to the Divinity School there at Harvard and will deliver what amounts to the commencement address for the Divinity School. And it has taken its place as a significant essay, both in American literature and American history, and is simply known as the Divinity School Address. And this work, Emerson begins with quite a descriptive statement of the moment. In this refulgent summer, he says, it has been a luxury to draw the breath of life. The grass grows, the buds burst, the meadow is spotted with fire and gold in the tint of flowers. The air is full of birds and sweet with the breath of the pine. And so Emerson sets the stage for us. In the Divinity School Address, he sets about simply dismantling every single doctrine of Orthodox Christianity. The two that Emerson goes after the most are the doctrine of Christ and the doctrine of Scripture. It is very fascinating what Emerson has to say about Christ. In the Divinity School Address, he says, Jesus Christ belonged to the true race of prophets. He saw with open eye the mystery of the soul, drawn by its severe harmony, ravished with its beauty. He lived in it and had his being there. Alone in all history, Christ estimated the greatness of man. One man was true to what is in you, and me. He saw that God incarnates himself and man and evermore goes forth anew to take possession of his world. Do you see what Emerson is saying there? He affirms that Jesus is divine, that Jesus is incarnate. But then again, so are all of us divine and incarnate. In fact, he goes on to say that these doctrines of the deity of Christ are a distortion and that the memory of Christ suffers in these distortions. And then he has this to say about Scripture. He says, I look for the hour when the supreme beauty which ravished the souls of those Eastern men and chiefly of those Hebrews and through their lips spoke oracles to all time shall speak in the West also. The Hebrew and Greek scriptures contain immortal sentences that have been bred of life to millions, but, and there really should be no but there, but there's a but, but they have no epical integrity. They are fragmentary and are not shown in their order to the intellect. I look for the new teacher that shall follow so far those shining laws that he shall see them come full circle. So Emerson is looking for a new teacher because the Bible simply is not worthy. Well, this address, this Divinity School address, came at a very crucial time. Unitarianism had largely overtaken the formerly Puritan Boston and the formerly Puritan Harvard. In fact, even a century earlier, Jonathan Edwards was complaining of Harvard slipping. But by the time we get to the 1830s, we see Harvard in the grip of Unitarian thought. 
Emerson wanted nothing to do with Unitarianism. At one point, he called it a corpse-cold religion, the rationalism of it. Emerson was swept away with the romantic ideals and the romanticism of England, and he brought that in the guise of transcendentalism to an American context. But make no doubt about it, the Divinity School address was a line in the sand. Just sad to say the line was in the entirely wrong place. Well, I'm Steve Nichols, and thanks for joining us for Five Minutes in Church History. Here's a quote from Anselm, a prayer. I pray, O God, that I may know you and love you so that I may rejoice in you. Let the knowledge of you grow in me here and there in heaven be complete. Let the love of you grow in me here and there in heaven be complete.